Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, this is Billie Jean King. This is Marion Bartoli. I'm Mats Villander. This is Mary Carrillo. This is Pam Shriver. I'm Sandra Winka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. This is Yannick Noah, and you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Well, last time we spoke on this podcast, we had loads and loads of stories that we were looking forward to, none of which seem to be relevant anymore, Catherine, including the one that I was hyping up and ended after about three hours, i.e. Naomi Osaka. In fact, I called the podcast the Osaka Olympics, and then she lost in straight sets about four hours later. It's It's been a funny old Olympics, hasn't it? I mean, there's still lots of interesting people left and and huge moments in their careers could be kind of career defining moments for about six people but none of the storylines that I think I would have anticipated are happening apart from Novak Djokovic yeah I mean full full disclosure I've I've found this Olympic tennis tournament a bit of a letdown so far I'm very invested in the Novak Djokovic story because it has significance beyond man wins Olympic gold, which look, I'm everybody knows what an Olympic fan I am. I'm very invested in men and women winning Olympic gold ev- everywhere. But I'm, you know, I'm searching for reasons to care more than just your standard reasons, context, things that elevate it into increased significance and beyond Beyond Djokovic in in the draw that we've got left, I'm I'm struggling a little bit, and that's not to say that there aren't lovely little stories. And I'm not pleased on a personal level for lots of different players and teams. I really am. I can see the joy, what it means to them. I am so into that in the way that I'm into that generally in the Olympics. But I really wanted some of those storylines that we spoke about a few days ago. I really did some of them. I mean, I obviously got far too invested at far too early a stage in so many of them, but I was so into Muguruza and Suarez Navarro and Murray and Salisbury and Sitsipas and Sakari, even though they're rubbish. <laughs> um, Basically, whenever Catherine has come up with a name for a doubles team, they've lost about six hours later. Yeah, I should say brilliant name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm I'm worried for Matherin, which uh, 
uh, somebody. It was, it no, was, Hannah came up with Hannah that, so up we're fine. Oh, I came okay. up with. Oh, I've I've already forgotten it. That's how distant a memory it is. What did I come <laughs> up with? Maritzipas. Maritzipas, which oh, that's very good actually. Rolls on. off the tongue. Yeah, and um, Navarutsa. Navarutsa. These are actually, I hate mm. these things normally, but actually you've done a really, really good job with that. <laughs> yeah, they're all irrelevant now, though. Yeah, but I'm just wondering whether they might be reusable in some way. I don't <laughs> think Maritza Pass will no. be. No, and Suarez no, Navarro and Muguruza, definitely not. <laughs> yeah. Maritza Pass has surely got a, a future somewhere down the line. They're too close, they're I, too I, I think the other thing is that it's not just that these stories didn't come to fruition it's even when they were happening okay i might just be talking about uh, maritza pass here they weren't quite as electric and fun as i was expecting is it the crowd and i don't yeah i think it's massive i really think it's massive and we were talking on whatsapp earlier weren't we matt about why you know, we've had a lot of time to get used to not having a crowd. We've had grand slams without crowds. Why are we feeling it so much, especially when we're experiencing all sport without crowd at the moment and we, we're we feeling it more in the tennis than in others? And I think you've done the best job of any of us of trying to articulate and explain and put your finger on why that is. Oh, yeah. T- do tell me that because I was busy trying to load a skip at the time so I've, <laughs> I've i did miss a few hours well i think i totally agree with everything you've said about this tournament and how you're feeling about this tournament and i'm just trying to put my finger on why that is and i think lack of crowds is a huge part of it and i think part of the reason that that's feeling different this time around is because when we had no crowds before we didn't have Wimbledon two weeks earlier to compare it to we were thrust into new crowds and it was something to just get used to it feels like a bump back down the lack of crowds to me coming off the back especially of Wimbledon but also the tournaments we had throughout the spring and and the early part of the summer we were we were building up all the time and now we've just come back down I think there haven't been very good matches. I think that is, you know, just in simple terms, when we look back at the end of the year and we're trying to rack our brains for the best matches of this tennis season, none of the ones that we've seen at this Olympics so far will come to mind. We will we will gloss over them in terms of matches. I think there can still be some good stories, as, as you've said, but matches-wise, something needs to happen. I feel slightly less invested or slightly more detached from this tennis event than I have tennis events recently that could be because we're not doing dailies and maybe over the next few days that will really pick up on a, on a personal level I think it's also just the sheer amount of other sport that's on which has been gripping that takes a bit of attention away from the tennis but that was the case in Rio yeah oh totally totally mm. time difference was a bit better there though wasn't it? all of I these think? things are combining I think yeah heat the heat is huge. The heat I think. is affecting the matches. I think and yeah, definitely and making everyone them. Everyone looks bad. knackered. Everyone looks like they're they're almost in slow motion. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and just as well, I've really noticed. I've not been hearing from players that much. I don't get a sense of what this story really means to Pablo Carreño Busta, and, and maybe that's me. Maybe I've missed it. But normally, I'm really on top of those sorts of things and it it doesn't feel like I am. Is that the lack also of 
the formal press conference. You know, they have the mixed zone here, don't they, where players walk through. And I think there's there's definitely something to be said for the mixed zone. In and what that is is just a a, a route that the players are directed back from a tennis court to the locker room via an area where the media can gather and talk to them outside usually on their way and they either stop they can stop if they want or they don't have to I know Osaka initially didn't stop or she went exited a different route and then came back and actually did a couple of questions with the media but it's often very, very short and sweet. You don't seem to get necessarily an official transcript. I haven't really seen official mm. transcripts anyway. Um, and and it does, I think, yeah, it, it isn't easy actually to, to pinpoint uh, where, where everything is being said if it is being said. Yeah, and I also think these were weaker fields. I mean, the men's in particular was a weaker field. And I think I perhaps thought, oh, well, there's still enough good players in this draw. But it, it doesn't take much for a draw to fall apart a little bit if some if some really st- star players go out and it's a weaker field. And, you know, we've been so used to the big events in tennis having all of the players there. And I think when they're not there, it has had an impact on how the tournament feels, perhaps, and some of the matches we've we've had in these in these last few days. Um, yeah, I just think all of these things combining have have meant as you said that it's been a slightly disappointing tennis event it could still pick up there's still medals to be played for and those probably will be the bits we will remember if they're great from this tournament but let's hope it does for for our sakes and our listeners sakes we've got (laughs) three more podcasts (laughs) (laughs) the the other thing we've got canoe slalom in all of them (laughs) yeah the the other thing that we've got at the moment is I think a, a real struggle from a lot of our listeners. Um, we've been written to quite a, by quite a few people struggling to even find the tennis. Uh, we've been posting Matt's magnificent plan for Olympics watching every day on our social media. And a lot of people are saying, well, that all sounds great, but how can I see all this? I've, I've, I've got the BBC if I'm in the, in the UK. Uh, I, maybe, maybe you've got Eurosport and, the, and they've got the two main channels. Catherine's on Eurosport 1 uh, working on that. And they've got a second one, which they, they advertise as being for younger sports or newer sports, uh, like three-on-three basketball or skateboarding, etc. But then they've got six or seven of these pop-up channels, which takes some finding, I have to say, you re- on the Sky planner you really have to scroll if you want to go and find those things or you have to know they're there but there's one dedicated to tennis there's one dedicated to volleyball my wife loves that uh my son's really into the handball one and the uh the hockey and things like that but the the they're a bit out the way but even on the tennis dedicated channel you can only have one match on at a time and there's often four or five six seven going on all at the same time now all of them are accessible on the Eurosport player, which we've taken a, a subscription out on. And they're also available on the new service, Discovery Plus, which uh, which Discovery, who own Eurosport have ju- and who own all the rights in many, many countries within Europe, uh, have have started streaming literally all the tennis on. And I mean, it, it, I think it's a really good service. I've enjoyed using that. But a lot of people do not have it or do not know about it. And that's going to be a learning process. I think in the US, there's something similar with NBC having the main rights. And then there's their 
their streaming service Peacock, um, which which has something similar going on. But I think that that, that kind of feeling, certainly I'd say on my Twitter timeline of communal watching with everybody else that I know or everybody else that's in my sort of world or that I'm interested in hearing about, people aren't necessarily all talking about the tennis, which which is what we're used to. I suppose that's, as you say, not necessarily that different to any other Olympics, but I think the stories, Djokovic aside, now are, well, they're low-key, aren't they? They're not everybody watching Andy Murray all at the same time or everybody watching Serena Williams. So They're very localised, aren't they? They're very localised. It yeah. will be absolutely lovely and special and heartwarming for either Belinda Bencic or Marketa Vondrosheva to win gold. I, I mean, all, already it's it's heartwarming what it means to them individually to win medals. But it's a struggle to find greater significance in that. I, 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 it, I don't think, unless something extraordinary happens in the final, I, I don't expect anything that plays out to kind of generally affect my view of either either player. If you, you know, Von Drosheva is a, a Grand Slam finalist who, whose career seems destined to always be completely unpredictable and unfathomable. <laughs> And Belinda Bencic is, you know, if you'd asked me, does she have gold medal winning talent? I'd have said, yeah, probably, yeah. She's she's a really, really great tennis player that probably on balance won't win a, win a Grand Slam. But, you know, a, a gold medal would be the pinnacle of a, a really, really good good career. And those are good little stories, but finding greater significance in them is a bit of a struggle. Mm. Uh, we, we, it also they also don't bring in the casual sports fan to watch them with mm. with with us tennis fans. I think uh, whereas I'm drawn into some of the other sports, and, and I wonder I wonder whether that is the case. I wonder whether there are people that just happen upon Belinda Bencic's matches from outside the way I'm sort of taking interest in certain of the sports. I, I, I just don't know. I, I get the sense that that's not happening. But what I what I also feel is that now that Novak Djokovic and a few of the other players have campaigned hard for the times of the matches to change and they have now been pushed back, uh, obviously a little easier to do that when there are a few of the matches, but in order to avoid the heat of the day, they are now in our time zone, certainly here in the UK. Um, seven in the morning, uh, it's easy enough to get up and watch these matches. I think for the next three days, I don't think daily podcasts will be a problem because I'm going to be really invested in in an, a lot of these gold medal matches and some of the bronze medal ones as well. I mean, in our house, I'm married to a Croatian and my kids are half Croatian. They are absolutely pumped about the all Croatian doubles final, I'm telling you. Uh, and we've just been debating who we're going to cheer for. Uh, but, uh, but you know, I, I can see myself being interested in these matches. But but I do understand that that's a very, that's a pretty, ni- I'm a niche audience. You know, uh, I'm a tennis nut. Um, so it's it's not the same. You were a man that was yesterday telling us about the very much out of the spotlight career in the nineties of uh, Emma Raducanu's new coach. Yes. That you knew intimately. <laughs> well, yeah, I, d- I was creepily I, intimately. Andrew Richardson, who is going to be her coach for the the tournament, in fact, that's taking place next week in San Jose. 
um and she's she's got a wild card and he is well he's he's a year younger than me i think he's 46 and uh and in the mid 90s he he had an incredible performance at a davis cup tie when Hemman and Rosetsky were injured, and he was six foot seven, great backhand, really. Are you just reading our WhatsApp chat from yesterday? Oh, I'm just. Well, you started. <laughs> I'm just second consecutive letting day. Letting everybody I've in. Heard the bio of Andrew but Richards. It, it'll be very interesting to know. Well, what sort of coach he ends up being? Because I, I mean, I know he has coached for a long time, but I haven't seen him at this level. You know, uh, uh, with with a. A very bright young player who's expected to do a lot. I know that he's worked with her since, well, since her younger days. But uh, yeah, that was quite a surprise to me, especially as she'd been coached by Nigel Sears at Wimbledon, and he's vastly experienced, and she'd obviously had had success there. But anyway, we'll see, well, won't we? While we're on coaching news, should we should we just do Bianca Andreescu quickly? Yes. Uh, well, is that official? I mean, I know, I know there's a report out by Stephanie Mars, isn't there, the the Canadian journalist who says that uh, Sven Grunewald is um, is looks like he's working with Bianca Andreescu, former coach of Maria Sharapova. Um, and it's how long is it since she split with her longtime coach? Is that was that Sylvan Bruno? Sylvan Bruno. Sylvan yeah. Bruno. A couple of months. A couple yeah. of months. Yeah. She certainly played Wimbledon um, without a coach, or certainly without without Sylvan with her. I'm trying to remember if the case, that was the case at the French Open as well. She lost in uh, in Berlin, didn't she, to Elisa Cornet, and that was on her birthday, and right. that was when the band piped up. And oh. I mean, that was the sort of experience which might make you want to change everything about your life. <laughs> I don't uh, want to see anyone involved in today ever again. Sorry, you're A couple sacked. of people who didn't look um, best pleased were the aforementioned Naomi Osaka, who somehow lost to, to Marketa Vondrusheva, despite me saying that, that there was no chance of that happening in the mm. last podcast, um, where it very much did happen. Did anybody see that match? Because I have to say I didn't. Yeah, I saw some of it. And I said on the last podcast I was surprised by the lack of rust in Osaka's game and I sort of just assumed she was then going to be on this sort of unstoppable path to Olympic gold. Me too. <laughs> but clearly that was naive and I think all the rust came out in, in this game and look, it wasn't it wasn't a particularly good performance. It was indoors, which I think really slowed the conditions down and she actually had real trouble hitting through Vondrosheva, just things you wouldn't expect from Naomi Osaka um yeah and look she said she was actually pretty pleased to have won a couple of rounds because she hadn't competed for over 50 days I think she probably had better perspective on her game than I did and she wasn't shocked I don't think that she played like that but obviously it's obviously it's a disappointment um but that was obviously the first time I really paid attention to Vondrosheva in this tournament. You know, she she actually got in via a slightly obscure rule. Mm. I, I'm very interested in this. This this might be the, the story that I'm desperately searching <laughs> for. Uh, am I searching in the wrong place, Matt? <laughs> well, I don't believe, you know, she's done anything wrong or anything like that. She has taken advantage of, of a rule that allows her to use, I think, a protected ranking from 2019, when she had yeah, some so time my, out. my understanding of it is the following, and I've I've made notes because it's complicated. When when the qualifying deadline came down last month for the Olympics, 
von Dreschwer was on the wrong side of the the cutoff because obviously there was so many um, highly ranked Czech, Czech players. Yes, it was the top four, and it was Krejčíková, Pliskova, uh, Kvitová, and Mukova. And Mukova, um, and because of that, von Dreschwer opted to use a, her protected ranking, which was apparently still available to her from a wrist injury she had pre-pandemic and she had a subsequent surgery on it. So so she biffed off Mukova and oh, boarded a plane to Tokyo. Oh, yeah. really? I didn't know that. Yeah, and I do... I mean, yeah, it, look, it's completely legit and my goodness me, she made the most of that opportunity. Yeah. But I, I, I I'm... Very much up for when they next play one another. I'd love to. <laughs> I'd love to know what Mukova think thinks about all of that. I mean, yeah, extraordinary. Catherine just eyeing aggro potential. Mm. There. Um, it's been a it's been a lean week, David. Yeah, well, you've been searching high and low. I noticed uh, n- no context. Daniel Medvedev was getting uh, an airing on Twitter today. Yes. He's out. Daniel, by the way, isn't he? Daniel Medvedev has provided odd moments of amusement this week and for that I am grateful but yeah he's gone now did he lose to he lost to Hatchinov did he no, no Karenia Buster he lost to Karenia oh, Buster sorry. I right. he didn't have a good time in Tokyo Medvedev no he he threatened to die <laughs> mid-match <laughs> he loathed the conditions and made that yeah. very clear yeah. And actually had a couple of good wins in those conditions over Bublik and Fanini. And then today against Krenia Busta, he was, he was not good. And he looked underpowered. He looked really like, you know, on a computer game when, you're, when your energy is low. That's what he looked like Oh, right. Me. I mean, I only see that on clay normally, mm. you know, that feeling. And, and that, that no-context Medvedev thing you referenced, David, was when he, when he put his hands over his face and apparently said that it was as though Krenia Buster was just hitting the ball with his eyes closed and it was going in. And he's never seen him play like that before. <laughs> what is it is about it... Krenia Buster that winds so many... He people? really, he really calls, does wind people blooming... up, doesn't he? Kyrgios had a, had a go at him on Twitter saying that he's only got his ranking because of Clay, which is utter nonsense. Total nonsense. I mean, even if true, that's like... Oh, you've only got your ranking because of hard courts. <laughs> yeah, like, perfectly what? legitimate I mean, thing. That's, that's a massive portion of the season. <sighs> anyway, yeah, Medvedev had a terrible time. Yes, is is Corona Buster the player at your local club who beats everybody, even though they all think that they're better than him? Yeah, is is it that? Definitely. Oh yeah, totally. Right. Definitely. Okay. Hmm. Well, I mean, he's having a great time. He, he won his. He won Hamburg, didn't he? I mean, I know that's always a weakened field, and he took advantage of that. But that was his biggest title ever, I think. And now he's gone and carried that form onto the hard courts in Tokyo. Yeah. He doesn't seem to sweat very much, which feels mm. like a superpower, particularly in, uh, yeah. in Tokyo. Yeah. And he, so he's facing Hatchinov now, isn't he? Medvedev sweated enough for both of them. Just <laughs> sure did. Just to give you the visual there. Lovely. Uh, who did Hatchinov beat then? Ugo Umber. Oh yes, who had beaten uh, Sitsipas. So I'd I'd have probably thought. I mean, basically, whoever I thought was going to win any match 
the opposite happened. <laughs> mm. I thought that uh, I thought Djokovic that aside. Would... Yeah, I thought. Although actually, you thought out, Djokovic yeah. was going to be tru- troubled by yeah. tough draw, Struff and Musetti that didn't even win win through to playing Djokovic. He didn't even win a set in the whole, <laughs> the whole Olympics. Um, so, so we can. I mean, look, it sounded quite dramatic at the time, at least the way I put it. Um, mm. You know, just trying to keep people with us. You know, now unlike this podcast, <laughs> which is definitely not keeping people with us for the remaining daily shows. I must say, Djokovic today. I watched that against Nishikori. He was unbelievable. You know, at Wimbledon, how we said we never actually felt like he really hit his top gear, and he won that tournament anyway. Today, he was swinging freely. He just destroyed Nishikori. 6-2, 6-love. And I, look, I know that is a terrible matchup. There's not a single thing that Nishikori does better than Novak Djokovic, I don't think, on a tennis court. And every strength he has, Novak Djokovic has it times a significant factor. But he, that doesn't stop the fact that Djokovic was so good today. You know, And I, I think what's, what's interesting is he's taken a real grip on this tennis season during the clay and grass court season. Now, look, I know he's a six-time Wimbledon champion now. He's very, very good on grass, but he's still better on hard courts. We're actually now back in Novak Djokovic's territory. He's sort of, he's sort of been away from home and won everything, and now he's back on his preferred surface, and he just looks completely unstoppable. And, and I also think that there is an element of, because of the conditions, and as you say, David, players have looked completely shot this week I mean really on their last legs I think he's you know because obviously this is part of a a wider journey for Novak Djokovic this uh this journey to Tokyo I think because of the conditions in particular it's I mean he hates these conditions as much as everybody but it's made him just go into sort of hunker down mode of I cannot afford to expend any extraneous energy here i can't be faffing around uh, mm, he's so alert draining so energy that i will need for the u.s open mm. and 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 beyond he's it's completely no moss no fast tennis mm. from what i've seen and he's on for for double gold yeah because he's in the mixed doubles is it semis yes semi-final yeah which means he's they're guaranteed to to play for a medal mm. him and mm. uh, nina stojanovic by the way, I did come across the most Kei Nishikori stat of all time. Mm, go that ahead. he's the only man in history to reach three consecutive Olympics quarterfinals. And no further. <laughs> he has got a bronze medal at the Olympics. Oh, okay. But, right. I mean, that is very Nishikori, isn't it? It's very it Nishikori. Can I, can, I sh- can I share another disappointment just to, just to keep those, those <laughs> listeners... Keep, with keep them coming, Catherine. <laughs> Osaka and Nishikori not playing mixed together. Yeah, what's all that about? Mm. Missed I was, opportunity. I was really gutted. Really gutted. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe... Look, trying to trying to get into the, the mind and, uh, and speculate about the mind of Naomi Osaka at the moment is probably neither appropriate nor nor possible really but i have watched her her netflix documentary 
And I, I, I don't think it's a brilliant documentary, um, in all honesty. Um, but uh, the sort of the one thing I took from it was I just wanted to have some fun. I wanted to enjoy tennis and have a bit of fun. And I know fun means different things for different people. I'm sure my definition of fun is very different to that of Stefano Tsitsipas. But I just feel like teaming up with Nishikori could have been a way to to bear that burden of representing Japan and being the face of the Olympics and share it with somebody. And I know Nishikori hasn't experienced the weight of the pressure like she has, but he's experienced a bit of it. And, okay, he's not the poster boy for, for fun times, <laughs> but he's got his way about him, hasn't he? He, he did the, the penguin line. I feel like it just would have been nice and maybe a bit of fun. Although I thought I thought Maritza Pass was going to be fun, and that was a fun-free zone. What, so what maybe they knew something again? I didn't. What was the penguin? When he grew up, he wanted to be a penguin. That was brilliant. <laughs> I did love that. Can I give you another Nishikori line? Which I don't. I don't. I don't get this. Um, in his rivalry, in inverted commas, with Novak Djokovic... Oh, well, this is already a defunct sentence, David. Kane Ishikori won two of their first three meetings, right? Including 6-4, 1-6, 7-6, in the US Open semi-finals in 2014. When Djokovic was was a version of Djokovic by then, he's already won multiple Grand Slam titles. And I remember watching that and thinking that Nishikori was stunning how good he was. He he played Djokovic at his own game and beat him. Do you know what know. that makes me think of, though? Gasquet beating Federer in Monte Carlo. And... I suppose, yeah. But, you know, that's that's a big win. That's a Grand Slam, for goodness sake. A semi-final and it's four sets and he's mm. just beaten, beaten the guy. And I... And, if somebody had told me then that he over the next seven years he would he would subsequently lose fifteen matches in a row against the guy, which is what's happened, or maybe it's fourteen, but there's a couple of walkovers and whatever in there, but you know that it, the head to head is sixteen two um despite him winning two of the first three i i i do I totally understand now. I mean, look, Djokovic now is a better player than at any point in his whole career, in my in my view, in terms of understanding what his game is all about and what it does to other people. But I'm still surprised that that he's accelerated away from Nishikori to that degree, from where we were in 2014. Um, anyway. Mm. If only Nishikori had a, a mixed doubles run with Naomi Osaka to cling on to. Yeah. Can I just say, I don't think we appreciated enough the phrase, not the poster boy for fun times. I was, I was really <laughs> excited about how you were going to deal with that elephant in the room. And, and you put it beautifully. To my, no, to my knowledge, to my knowledge, he might be just very much on the quiet, a fun time, Charlie. I don't know. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking. And I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. Talking of people of that description. Stefan Lissitzpass beaten by Ugo Umber and he, he hurt his knee, Matt. Is it, do we do we have wider worries about Sitsipas? I'm not I'm not totally sure what body part it was. It looked like his knee, but then he seemed to be flexing out his ankle. It was certainly the we can say confidently the lower half of his leg. Um it was on the set point in the second set. It did worry me because it was innocuous in the way that the Simona Hallett one in Rome was innocuous, and then suddenly he seemed to be in quite a lot of pain. He didn't he didn't get up for a, a, quite a few minutes. Was helped to the chair, and he looked really unsettled in the third set against Umber. Like he just didn't trust it. He didn't he didn't want to properly commit to those, you know, that very dynamic movement that he that he has when he's at his best, and and he and he therefore lost. And you know, I think he's since played two mixed doubles matches, so. Hopefully the injury is not actually too bad. Um, I, I, I suspect if it, if it was bad, he would have pulled out of the mixed doubles. But he's in a tough spot at the moment, is Sitsipas. I think, you know, since, I think quite understandably, since losing that Roland Garros final, he's, he's really struggled for the form he had and the spark he had earlier on in the year. He's obviously had a family bereavement as well. And he's just in a bit of a tough spot. He isn't getting the results. He's lost to TFO, Krajanovic and Umber, I think, in his last three tournaments. And those are players who, at his best, and certainly at, at the beginning of the year, I would kind of expect him to just handle. So this is a, this is a real test, I think, for Sitsipas at the moment. And mm. he sort of looks like he just maybe needs a bit of time off, in a way. It's kind of just been pretty relentless. I think he plays too much. I really do. Uh, I, he plays some events that I don't understand. And I, I think his US Open will be interesting because la- it's where we had his meltdown against Borna Choric, isn't it, last year? And uh, 
I felt there was, uh, yes, okay, there may have been a physical issue and Umber's a good player, but I felt there was a bit of that in this match as well, really. Um, Zverev, though, he looks solid as a rock right now. And, and I wonder whether he's probably the biggest threat to Djokovic, I would have thought. I mean, he's, he's his next opponent, isn't he, in the semifinals. And uh, Djokovic has got a great record against him, but I think that that could be interesting. Not many that Djokovic doesn't have a great record against. No. No, I mean, look, I'd still back Djokovic to win the thing um, against whoever you put up against it, him. I mean, it's, I mean, I'm very wary of, uh, after the last podcast, uh, making predictions that could already be out of date by the time people are listening. But it, I find it very hard to see anybody challenging him in any meaningful way. Mm. Yes, the move back of the times has been helpful for the players and also our podcast. It's given us an extra extra three hours of credibility. <laughs> <laughs> it can go the other way, Matt, though, because if these things bear out, then we mm. look great. I do think True. Croatians are going to win the men's doubles. <laughs> that is yes. a prediction that I so will So is it going to be Nikola Mektic and Mate Pavic or Marin Cilic and Ivan Dodik, who who rescued their match from a set down against Andy Murray and Joe Salisbury. I mean, it was it was really something the way that turned. I mean, what was your reading on that match? Oh, well, I was really I was really gutted because that was a story that I was very invested in and um I think it's uh, is it is it okay to be a little bit not Im- not impartial during the Olympics when they're representing GB. Anyway, are, I've done yeah, it. I've done it now. So, so we're, we're down that road. Yeah. Um, and, you know, this is this is going to be Andy Murray's last Olympics. And he he has given so much, not just for GB at the Olympics, but for tennis at the Olympics. I think I think the way that he's committed to it and valued it has been important to tennis at the Olympics. And I, I don't think the the thigh strain he had was anything massively significant. I think he thought I can win a gold in the doubles with Joe Salisbury. I think after that win in the first round over Mahubert, um, I think he thought, right, this is this is realistically my best shot here. So let's focus everything on that. And they were really good together, really good together. And Joe Salisbury doesn't seem to sweat. He seems. Uh, he might be a robot of some sort. He doesn't seem to be troubled, despite being from England, doesn't seem to be troubled by the uh, conditions at all. And Andy Murray's just so in the zone, just like a, an animal bit between his teeth. And they were setting a break up over Chilich and Dodig. And I mean, doubles in that format, they've introduced the the match tiebreak in lieu of a third set for the first time at this Olympics. It is a total lottery, total lottery. Um, but, but it still it, turned dramatically. It did. Murray's serving fell apart towards to, towards the end, and I, I, we haven't we haven't though? heard from them. We haven't heard from them, so I don't I don't really know. I know that could see how gutted they were and I can definitely tell you how gutted I was. Wasn't um, this a Chilich 
injection of what he's capable of when he's not racked with fear and nerves. All right, and... Croatian correspondent David, yeah. who picked the wrong time to be very Croatian on our WhatsApp chat. I know, I got, I got banished. Yeah. You all got a bit <laughs> frosty. Place and it time. Was cold. It was a cold environment for a few hours. I muted the chat for about <laughs> four hours. Good. <laughs> <laughs> my kids were loving the result they're yeah, from the I, same town aren't they Chilich and Dodig in, uh, in yes. Bosnia mm. yes, I'm, uh, I'm clinging to stories here yes I, I'd have to check that so I don't know I, um, I, I've, I've read that from a reputable source you have okay mm. um, anyway good for them they're in the final uh, but it's uh, yeah it, it, I, I am surprised. I thought I thought Murray and Salisbury looked a really good team, and it, yeah, this doesn't mean that they're not a good team. It's just it it can happen, can't it? Um, in that in that format, um, you only need a, a good spell in a match and a rocky one on the other side, and that's it. And I think that's what happened, really. Mm. Um, the last remaining British player was Liam Brodie. Uh, who who had a brilliant week, really. He came in as a late replacement for Dan Evans, beat Hubert Hercatch. Um, that is the best win of his career. He he was fantastic. He fought his heart out against Jeremy Shardy as well um, and eventually lost out in three sets. But Brody makes me feel like things can happen if you have the right attitude. He's the sort of player, him and Norrie, from a British perspective, are the sort of people that I... I am inspired by because they they are limited and yet here they are achieving. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. He, yeah, he he was a joy to watch this week, and um, I'm yeah, I'm I'm really chuffed for Liam Brady. Unfortunately, it's, I mean, this is a, this is a testament to him that he he still made the commitment, but it ultimately means nothing for him, does it? Because no ranking points. He's had the best win of his career, and that that's that fact is more significant for lower ranked players. It doesn't matter to Djokovic that he's not getting any ranking points for what he's doing at the Olympics. He's got plenty of ranking points points in the bag. But Liam Brody could damn well do with some ranking points for this week. But he still fought his heart out in the most ghastly conditions, and had the biggest win of his career the biggest run of his career really and that's just brilliant mm. and and I did think there was something yes cruel that it happened when he's not getting ranking points and he's not getting prize money for this you know it was also sort of perfect because the Olympics is all about the love of the sport and competing which he loves doing that's what's kept him going through that through that grind of the professional tour being ranked outside the top 100 and then I also wondered whether something about playing without that pressure of ranking points and without that pressure of okay I need to win this to get this amount of money which will take me to the next place on the tour might have liberated him and might have kind of showed what what is possible for those lower ranked players when they're not thinking about just survival on the tennis tour and they're able to express themselves and play their games he played brilliantly against Hubert Hercax you know it was the biggest win of his career by ranking it was the best I've seen him play I think as well you know his his tennis was really really good and it, it did feel like someone who was uninhibited by that usual grind and just just loving being there and you know that is 
that is a feeling that the top players get and have obviously earned by just how good they are. But, you know, they don't have those worries on a week-to-week basis. They can play tennis. Um, but for someone like Liam Brody, this was sort of his only real shot at, at being able to do that. And, yeah, it was it was special that he took advantage of it. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, just a, a quick one on the, the scheduling change. We, we saw a, a harrowing sight of Paula Badosa from, uh, from Spain, who... Obviously, I picked for the title about half an hour before she, poor woman, collapsed in a heap in the heat. Um, but she struggled horribly out there. I, I wouldn't have necessarily anticipated that as somebody who has played a lot of hot weather tennis. But this feels like heat that these players don't always uh, encounter. This feels different to me from what from everything that that just the, the sight of Zverev and uh, and in his match before the Shardy one, I, mean, I was watching him. They look almost a little delirious as though they can't quite see straight in that, in that degree of heat. Yeah. Well, Medvedev went up to the umpire mid match. I think it was yesterday and said, <laughs> complained about the weather and said, look, we, we, we can, we can play the match, but I might die. And who's going to take responsibility for that? And who's going to take responsibility for that? Yeah, I mean, and look, uh, I really relate to that feeling <laughs> of uh, s- someone that struggles in the heat somewhat, and just just feeling like it, it's a it's a claustrophobia. It leads to anxiety um, and sort of symptoms beyond beyond just the physical impact of being in heat. It is. It can be. Uh, it, and and it's not necessarily related to fitness, I don't think. No, it, it can I be. I mean, so. you can, you can mitigate some of the impacts of it through fitness, but I I think there is a a an a natural element to it as well. Some people just are. I mean, Joe Salisbury, he's from Putney, doesn't seem to sweat. Yeah, he goes to the same supermarket as Catherine. Yeah, I mean, I've never seen him in there, but must have um, done at some point. Must have done. Um, oh yeah, I mean it looks awful. It looks awful. They've got the when I see when I see them sat at the change of ends with those air conditioning hoses on them. I have flashbacks to <laughs> to the twenty eighteen U.S. Open when uh, an auxiliary air conditioning hose had to be installed in the <laughs> Amazon Prime Studio and uh, channeled in my direction. Catherine gave it a name. Yes, Nelly. Nelly. Mm. <laughs> you saved my life. There we are. Uh, so the, the the only other one I wanted to mention was the the player that Bencic beat in her semi final was because I watched I watched quite a bit of the first set and, and Elena Rybakina was just having it all around way. She was five two up. She had six set points and she ended up losing the match in three sets. I mean, that is a rough loss for her. And actually, Bencic, like Djokovic, could end up doing the double, the double gold at this uh, this tournament because uh, Bencic is playing doubles alongside Victoria Golibic against uh, Barbora Krachikova and Katarina Siniakova. So there's Switzerland against the Czech Republic in both of the women's Singles and the doubles finals. The uh, the bronze medal match is oh Pegossi and Stefani against Kudamatova and Vesnina. I don't think I've come across Pegossi before. 
They're from Brazil. Oh, Stefani, I do know her. Luisa Stefani, yeah. Yeah, she's played alongside Hayley Carter, mm. I seem to recall, in the yep. doubles. Really good doubles player. I'm not surprised that Stefani's uh, done well. well. Um, so that's happening. And then in on the men's side, it is uh, Mektic and Pavic against Cilic and Dorig. I, I kind of would like to see it for the, the established doubles pair, in a way. Mm. Um, I mean, they, they've, they've teamed up this year for the Olympics. Yeah. You know, and, and okay, they've had, they they won Wimbledon. Wonderful. It's it's hard to call it a tough year when you've won Wimbledon. But you know, they they were they were heavy favorites to win the French Open and and they got withdrawn from the the draw because of COVID. Um so in some ways it has been a challenging year and yeah, I, I, I think it would be, if the celebrations upon winning Wimbledon are anything to go by, I think it would be pretty darn special for them. I do love seeing a an established doubles player that's at the top of the game playing against a singles player who's got a sort of ceiling that's higher than all the all of them when he's absolutely on his game. Uh, in Marin Chile. So I'm very interested to see how that ends up going. And, and, and I think it doubly motivates the doubles players, isn't it? They, When they're playing a sort of a singles player that's just deigned to turn their racket to a bit of doubles, <laughs> you know, because it's the Olympics, I might as well. Yeah. Uh, and of course, he, he was part of the um, the Davis Cup winning team uh, a few years ago was Marin Chilich. So it'll be very interesting that. Um, and then it is Daniel and Venus against Sandgren and Austin for the bronze medal. Um, and then in the mixed, it's uh, semi-final stages of... Rublev and Pavlichenkova against Barty, Ash Barty and John Pierce. Mm. Well, that's really good. I like that. Mm. Um, Note to John Pierce: uh, stop taking Ash Barty's shots. Did happen a few times today, and mm. I, I think Barty was a little bit pissed off about it as well. Oh, it was, well, she, it, it was oh, those, good for her. It was those ones down the Splendid. middle where Barty would have had a backhand and Pierce would have had a forehand. And ordinarily, I think the instinct there is to go with the forehand. But two or three times it happened, Piers missed and Barty was was a bit peeved. But yeah, I mean, they are gelling nicely apart from that. And they, it was great to see how much that meant to Ash Barty beating Maritza Pass today. She, uh, she loved that. Thanks for giving that one last run out, Matt. <laughs> Appreciate it. I, I'm really looking forward to it now because I feel like I can a lot some time to actually follow these matches i don't feel like i found it really difficult um with some of them um but uh so that leaves us with tomorrow it all starts at three o'clock local time which i think is seven o'clock is it in the morning for, mm-hmm. for yes. great britain um and it's karen hatchinov against public arena buster and then the second men's semi of djokovic against Zverev. then the doubles gold medal match in the men's between between Mektiv- Mektic and Pavic and Cilic and Dorig. There's the bronze uh, men's doubles match as well that follows that. Um, and then the, the mixed doubles semis are also on court number one. Um, so loads to look forward to in that. And the second one of those involves Novak Djokovic, of course, because it is Djokovic and Stojanovic against Vesnina and Karatsev. So that's another couple of cracking... Uh, mixed doubles teams. Really, really looking forward to seeing 
all of that, to be quite honest. Um, so I think that that's about it for um, this edition of the Tennis Podcast. As we said, we're going to be back every day uh, until the end of the Olympics. Um, so we'll be back with you again tomorrow night. Uh, we are brought to you by our very lovely mascots, Rogue for me, Scouse or Mouse or for Matt, Zeus for Catherine, and Billie Jean King for Billie Jean the dog, who is still holidaying at the moment in uh, in Cornwall, as as far as I understand. Mm. She, she yes, right? she attended a fancy dress party. Oh, marvellous. What does she go as? Princess Leia. <laughs> <laughs> of course she did. Brilliant. It was, it was a Star Wars-specific themed fa- fancy dress party. Right. She was tired and she fell asleep inside my brother's Jedi cape. Brilliant. (laughs) Our executive producer is Chris Albert Lee, who also happens to own our mascots for this week. Uh, Matt, pronounce them this week for me, because I can't remember. Hyder and Sommer. Oh, fantastic. And I know they're beautiful cats who are quite partial to a hug because I've seen the photos um, and they're lovely. So, uh, And I saw them in our newsletter, which you can sign up to, which you should sign up to uh, by clicking on the link in our show notes on your phone right at the end of the podcast. And that's around about now because this podcast is over. See you tomorrow. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market